0: the mid 1970s thailand and it was a wild time there were lots of americans europeans traveling through discovering the beaches discovering themselves but then bodies start showing up first a young american woman from seattle and she was so young she was barely 21 and she's found in a tidal pool wearing a floral bikini. Was it a drowning? A full moon party gone wrong? And then another, a French woman. And her family knew that she went to Thailand to look for her missing boyfriend, not to party, so why would this happen to her? And she was found drowned as well, in a similar floral bikini. Was this another unfortunate drowning? Or was it the work of the bikini killer? charles Sabrach hi i'm teddy and welcome to a briefcase last week we looked at charles's past his childhood his early crimes and how he started scamming people all over the world how he abandoned his brother in greece to serve 18 years in a turkish prison how he put together what eventually would be the gang of people that will help him get away with at least 12 murders. This week, we'll look at the trail of death that he left across Southeast Asia's backpacker paradise, and how he eventually got caught. Alright, so we have to set the scene. So I'm going to briefly go through the very, very main players in this case, and it's almost kind of like a deadly trio. We have Charles Sobrach, the very oddly seductive, French-raised Indian-Vietnamese killer. We have Marie-Andre Leclerc, his French-Quebecois girlfriend who he seduced in India and then wrote her to join him in Thailand. And then she comes and finds out that he had a Thai girlfriend, but she was girlfriend number one and even though he kept cheating on her, she would keep staying with him. And so she's pretty significant, I would say. We also have A.J. Chowdhury, another criminal that he meets, his second-in-command, and we don't know if it was intentional or if Charles always had a bloodthirsty streak, but this was almost a culmination of his life of crime. His first kill was on October 18th, 1975. Theresa Knowlton was a 21-year-old from California, And she was actually on her way to Kathmandu in Nepal to study Buddhism. And she was a good person. She was a kind person. And at that time, Charles was living in a Bangkok apartment. And his apartment was called Kanit House. At that time, he was hosting parties, posing as a gem dealer, jewel trader kind of guy. And so now there's a couple of different versions as to how this happened. One version is that he was acting as a gem salesman, luring her to buy cheap jewels. Another is that he sent AJ to where she was staying, the Hotel Malaysia, to seduce her. Again, the accounts change, but they follow the same trend. She was dragged, either at Kanit House or a bar, dragged to Padaya Beach, two hours' drive away from Bangkok. And from the autopsy, we know that she was held underwater until she drowned. And so, initially, everyone thought that this was a party accident. That she was just another western girl that went out to party, went into the water, and then drowned. Very unfortunate, but not unheard of. But then, the Dutch diplomat, Herman Nippenberg, he was a major part of these investigations, by the way. If you haven't watched The Serpent on Netflix, I really, really recommend it. It's such a great show, and honestly, the actress that plays Marie Leclerc is, is like so pretty, you know? Anyway, so remember in episode 1 of Charles Subrach, we thought that he maybe killed his driver to Afghanistan. Well, this was his first known, acknowledged killing, the murder of Teresa Knowlton. Now, his second known victim was Vitali Hakim. And Vitali was a Sephardic Jew. And in some sources, they also refer to him as Turkish. I mean, he could be both, but we aren't too clear. But we do know that he had a French girlfriend, Charmaine Carew. And so, Vitaly is living his life, backpacking through Asia, and then he meets Charles in Bangkok, and like everyone else, he's seduced, you know, even though he's a man. And somehow, he's convinced to go to Pattaya to party, which, you know, honestly, if he was young and travelling, he probably wouldn't have needed much convincing to go to Pattaya to party. And sometime during this trip, he was beaten, his neck was snapped, but he was still alive. He was still alive when they threw gas all over him and set him on fire. And apparently, the way you can tell this is if there's particles, smoke particles in the lungs, which means that he was still breathing when he was on fire, which is a horrific way to die. And then Charles goes back to his apartment and he tells his friends, oh, you know what, Vitaly decided to stay in Pattaya with his friends. And remember Yannick and Jacques? They're a bit confused because his clothes, his passports, his traveller's checks, they're still there. So they're like, and so they just, they're like, okay, well, why don't you keep these, you know, to keep them safe? And Charles is like, oh, well, I guess this is mine now. And when the Thai police come across his body, they're like, Oh well, must be rope bandits, which begs the question <laughs> Why rope bandits such a big issue in like the 70s in Thailand? I don't know. They maybe tried to identify him, but he's not Thai, you know? So Charles doesn't stop. In fact, I think this boosted his confidence, if anything. His next kills, you heard the right kills, plural, were Hank Bintanja and Cornelia Hemker. And they were Dutch, they were engaged, very cute hank was 29 and cornelia was 25 and this is the moment where i want to take a breath you know take a little break i love engagements and i think it's so cute when people get engaged and i love the pizzazz of it all and in fact one time i helped one of me and michelle's uni friends you know michelle was there as well propose and it was so cute and i like proposals because to me they're a happy ending and Don't you want a happy ending for a change? There's this new podcast that I've been listening to, and it's called How I Met You, an Asian podcast about love. Every Monday, they release episodes where couples share how they meet their biggest arguments and their less-than-perfect proposals, just like this snippet here. Yeah, that was the moment he started scratching his butt. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I took the... (laughs) I took the ring out of the box, right? So it's just in my pocket and I put it in my back pocket. So for a period, I was standing in front of her scratching my butt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Finding the ring, right? (laughs) He was like just scratching. I was like, why are you scratching your butt? And I was like, "I, I sort of knew already but it was very funny to see. Yeah. And then, I went down on one knee after that conclusion, right? And I asked her, will you marry me? Yes, of course. <laughs> anyway, if you want to check them out, I've linked to their podcast in the description. Hank and Cornelia, they were engaged. And they were Dutch, so they didn't meet Charles in Thailand. They actually met him in Hong Kong. And at that point of time, he didn't go as Charles. He went as... Alain Dupois and remember Charles and Marie they like to go by Alain and Monique and so he manages to sell Cornelia a ring for about a thousand six and it was a sapphire ring and then he invites them to his villa in Bangkok he's like don't worry about it I'll send you a driver a car you'll have such a good time and they're like all right and then they go to Bangkok and they fall sick and you know they're not doing well so Charles and Monique they take care of them they take care of their stuff they can take care of their passports now we backtrack a little remember Vitali. His family, friends and girlfriend, they think that he's missing and by December of 1975, his girlfriend Charmaine, she comes looking for him and she tracks him to the hotel that he was living in and that's where he left a note for her and I'm guessing the notes hit something like, hey, when to live at, this is this house. And so she goes there and when Charmaine shows up, Hank and Cornelia, they go missing and they were also found strangled and burnt just days later. And Charles is disgusting and he's horrible. He, he just robbed them of a life together, of a future together. And then the Thai police, the Thai police, they're like, ah, those dang bandits. All right. But that wasn't all. Charmaine is also trapped. She's also tricked by Charles. And she also ends up killed, drowned in a bikini in Bataya. And this is when the media started calling Charles. The bikini killer. So now Charles decides that he wants a break. He's been working so hard. And so that same year in December, he goes to Nepal with Marie. And based on what sources say, I think that AJ was there too, of course, the deadly trio. But what's suspicious is that supposedly he goes to Nepal using Hank's passport. And does he stop killing because he's on vacation? No, I think at this point of time, it's like a compulsion for him. When he's in Nepal, he runs into Lauren Corriere and Connie Bronzich. And so Lauren was a 26-year-old Canadian and he was there to try to climb Everest. And he was just waiting around until, you know, the weather was good enough to climb because you don't want to get stuck on a mountain in bad weather and Connie was a 29 year old Californian and she was just chilling and they found each other and they were in Freak Street in Kathmandu which apparently in the 70s was a street where you could buy anything you wanted but I don't think it exists anymore for you know reasons don't do drugs anyway it's suspected and it's never confirmed but the details are very vague it's suspected that that's where Charles and Marie found Laurent and Connie but how the authorities found Lauren and Connie was stabbed, slashed, and burnt. And at first they couldn't even recognize Lauren's body. And Charles and Marie they leave Nepal using Laurent and Connie's passports. And when the police they start investigating they're like, wait a second, Laurent left the country. He must have killed his girlfriend and ran away. So that was one of the theories, but you know obviously not. And Charles stole Everything from them. They flew to Bangkok. Charles sold some gems that Laurent had bought in Delhi. And so the police, at this point of time, they're getting more and more suspicious. They end up questioning the three of them. Charles, Marie, and AJ. And another thing that happens in Bangkok. So do you remember Dominique, Yannick, and Jacques? So while he's on holiday, they break into the office. They find all the passports. Passports of people reported missing, people reported dead, and they freak out. They call the police. They're like, hey, I think that our friend is, you know, a serial killer. And then, you know, they use their common sense and then they return to France. They're like, okay, they noped right out of their heat." heat. And now Charles, he's very anxious. He's anxious and afraid. He has no money. He's being hunted by the police in Nepal. He's being hunted by the Thai police. He's like freaking out. So he goes to Kolkata. In Calcutta, he runs into a scholar, so it's an Israeli man, called Avani Jacob. And Avani, he was found drugged and strangled in a hotel room. And his passports, traveler checks, and about $300 worth of traveler's checks, they were missing. So they used the passport of Avani Jacob to fly to Singapore, Charles and AJ and Marie. And they use different passports all over. And what is crazy is that, allegedly, Marie was using a man's passport, alright? And Charles was like, don't worry about it. The The Indian guards won't even notice. And he was right. They just let her through with a man's passport. From Singapore, they use it as a transit point to Bangkok. And when they are in Bangkok... He drags and robs a rich unnamed American and he manages to grab yet another passport. He's a passport collector, you know, that's his thing. But he's not caught for this crime. When the Thai police see him, they immediately recognize him. And you know how Yannick and Jacques and Dominique, they tell them about the murders, they they bring him in. But it was like, they didn't want to ruin their tourism industry. Okay, The the thought, the feeling at that point of time was that they didn't want to spoil the tourism market by having this high-profile serial killer case, right? So they go through this really half-assed interrogation But they weren't convinced that he was the killer, you know? And so he manages to get away yet again. And the whole time, because of the death of Hank and Cornelia, the the, the diplomat, Herman Nippenberg, he's obsessively trying to bring Charles down. But Charles is slithery, and he slides away. Early 1976, he pays off a Thai official $18,000. And it's not specified, but I'm guessing American dollars. And he manages to run away. Yet again, they go to Malaysia and Charles, he tells AJ to go and get some gems because this is a mining town. And so AJ does and he brings the gems to Charles. Like this is $40,000 worth of rubies, of diamonds, of sapphires, you know, just gems. And then Charles is like, all right, I'm going to go fly to Geneva to sell this and we're going to make some money back and, you know, get on with life. But when Charles shows up to the airport, To take the flight to Geneva with Marie AJ isn't there And AJ is never ever seen again And this is completely speculative But okay, so this is an opinion If I was Charles And I was just betrayed by Jacques and Yannick and Dominique I might be just a little bit scared Of being betrayed by AJ as well And so there's this brief period of time where we assume that charles and monique managed to sell their jewels in geneva charles pops up in bombay again and you know how we mentioned that charles didn't like to be alone and i guess maybe monique wasn't enough for him he used his charm to seduce barbara smith and mary ellen weather and in bombay they drug a frenchman called jean-luc solomon And allegedly, I don't know what Charles told them, because this is based on Barbara and Mary Ellen's confessions, but Jean-Luc was not supposed to die, but they were just like a little bit too heavy-handed with the doses. And the group of them, the four, Charles, Marie, and Barbara, they travel from there to Delhi, and that's when they meet a group of French postgraduate university students. And so this is how confident Charles was, alright? This wasn't like a single person, this wasn't a couple, this was a whole group. He offers them a pill and he's like, don't worry about it, this is like a anti-malaria, anti-dengue pill. And you know, like Frenchman to Frenchman, they trust him and they accept it. And so he was gonna wait until they all fell asleep from the drugs and then robbed their hotel rooms one by one. This was gonna be a massive haul, but it worked. And it worked too good. It worked a little bit too fast. And they started passing out in the hotel lobby. But not all of them passed out. <laughs> all right? And the ones that they were awake, like they were like, Oh my god, you're poisoning us. You're drugging us. And so they take him down because this is a whole group of students. And they call the police. Mary Ellen, Barbara, Marie Leclerc, and Charles Subrace, they're all arrested. And Mary Ellen and Barbara, they crack immediately. They, they immediately start confessing. And Charles, he's such a slime bag. So the rest of them, they get sent to prison, right? And Charles, this is not his first time in Tiha prison, alright? Remember, he went there when he was a kid. And so he manages to sneak his gems into prison, and he got to live pretty comfortably to the point where he was like, you know what? One day, I'm going to go on a hunger strike, alright? So he was arrested and sentenced to 12 years in Tiha And so, because of the gems that he snuck in, he managed to bribe people he had. TV. He had good food. He just kept giving interviews. He sold the rights to his life story. And what's really extra shitty is that his prison sentence was gonna end before the statute of limitations in Thailand, right? Okay, and I don't think for murder there should ever be a statute of limitations. And in Thailand, there was a death sentence. So on March 1986, about year 10 of 12 of his sentence... He throws a party, he drugs the jailers, drugs the inmates with sleeping pills, and literally just walks out of prison. And so, he gets caught in Oko Kariro restaurant while in Goa. And this is exactly what he wants because it extends his comfortable jail life by 10 years he didn't even like and it wasn't like he was having like the worst time in prison it wasn't like he was miserable he was very comfortable so he gets in the 10 years of that and on 17th February 1997 the 52 year old Charles Sabra is released. All right, and the statute of limitations is over so they don't extradite him to Thailand I mean it's ridiculous how can it be that you kill someone and then you wait long enough and then it doesn't matter anymore and so Charles goes back to life in Paris and he sells the rights to the movie of his life for like 15 million USD <sighs> but guess what he's a little bit overconfident so he wasn't exactly in the clear internationally alright Instead of just staying in Paris, he decides, okay, you know what, I'm going to go to Nepal and I'm going to set up a mineral water business. But Nepal is where he killed Laurent and Connie. And while he was in Nepal, he was spotted by a journalist who wrote a report in Himalayan times with photos and everything. It's something like, oh, serial killer spotted in Nepal. And the police see it. They reopen the double murder And he was sentenced to life in prison on 20th of August, 2004. And so after that, there's a lot that goes on. He appeals, blah, blah, blah. But I'll try to sum it up. He appeals a couple of times. It doesn't work, thank God. And then, so he keeps hiring and firing lawyers. Doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. And while he has a lawyer, he meets Nihita Biswas. And she's the daughter of one of his lawyers. But she's working as an interpreter. And she's like 20. And they get married in 2019. She's literally 44 years younger than him. And apparently, when he had some surgeries, because he's like really old, she even gave him blood. And today, he's still in prison and in poor health. And I hope he dies miserably. Alright, so what about... Marie-Andre Leclerc, the last point of this trio, or this triangle of murder. So she's caught when he's caught for drugging the French students, right? And she goes to jail and she claims that she knows nothing, which I don't know. You either have to be willfully oblivious given that you're using fake passports of or passports of people who died horribly. Either that or you're just very incredibly unaware, incredibly naive, but while she's in her prison in India, she gets ovarian cancer. And because of that, she was granted a leave and she got to go back to Canada. And according to some sources, up to that point, she was still loyal to him, still in love with him. Then she dies at home in 1984. And this was the case of Charles Sobhraj, the servant, the serial killer who almost got away with murder until he didn't all right now this case was insane i remember this because i was watching the serpent when i was in the gym and i would like hop off the treadmill and be like oh my god what is this and i know it's a little bit longer than usual it took me ages to put out if you like this case remember to share with your friends and give us a five star rating on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen this really helps the show Another thing you can do is catch How I Met You, an Asian podcast about love. The link, as usual, is in the description below. You can also always drop me a DM on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast if you have any recommendations. And as always, find me online at A Briefcase And do join us next week for another briefcase.